1: Sports America listeners, welcome to my 536th ever show of all-around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. You can email me at iir at comcast.net which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights and bizarre news items from this past week and what a week it was in sports, especially over the weekend as NFL and college were awesome to say the least. And I had an awesome week as well, uh, leading into my highlight of the week, which was for the second straight year, I covered the Annika, driven by Gamebridge, uh, LPGA event at the Pelican Golf Club in Bel Air, Florida, near Tampa, where yesterday, Lilia Boo came from behind to dominate the final round to win by three strokes. It was her fourth win this year, which includes two majors, And she was looking like the tourney's first-time namesake and hostess, Annika Sorenstram, who was omnipresent at the tournament and actually presented the trophy to Vu, uh, who were both very impressive and gracious during the victory celebration on the 18th green and during the post-match press conference. It's a really great event, this LPGA event, Uh, Again, doing it for the second year in a row, it was just so impressive. Uh, The course is absolutely spectacular, and you all may remember it from uh, the match last year. It was held just a few weeks after last year's uh, tournament at Pelican, and that was, of course, Tiger Woods and Jordan Spieth Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy versus Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas nighttime event. And uh, so it certainly put Pelican on the map, uh, put it mildly. And uh, again, spectacular course. And the fans were just packing it in all week. I spent a number of days there. It's right down the road, literally, from the Gulf of Mexico. And the weather was just absolutely perfect all week long. You couldn't ask for anything more. It got into low 90s on Saturday, uh, a little less so, mid to upper 80s yesterday, which made it a little bit more tolerable. Uh, but Saturday was really a sizzling hot day, to put it mildly. And uh, so it was just really um, rapidly turning into one of my favorite events that I've been covering, and uh, the highlight of the ceremony on the 18th hole following completion of the final round was uh, the CHUTES organization, as in C-H-U-T-E-S, paratroopers, uh, parachuted in with the actual trophy uh, and landed right beside the 18th green. It was very cool, very impressive. And uh walked it right onto to the green where, uh, where the trophy was presented and quite a celebration. Uh, champagne was passed out for all, whether it's Pelican members, volunteers, uh, players who were still around to celebrate just the fabulous week that was... Uh, This year's Pelican. One of the more impressive things that I noticed about these LPGA tournaments is they have a great alleyway, so to speak, for all the players coming off the 18th green. And they just all take their time signing autographs, doing pictures, interacting with all the fans, and uh, so many young, young women golfers, high school, college teams clearly were there. Um, and they just, uh, can't get enough of the LPGA players. So it was really, really cool to see. And it was just nonstop every single day. Uh, big crowds were always waiting as the players walked off the 18th green after doing their scorecard. So just really, uh, really fun to see. And now for the final event of the season, right down the road, about two and a half hours from Tampa in Naples, Florida, at Tiburon Golf Club, where I've covered many, many tournaments in the past, uh, will be the CME group finale. And uh, also a beautiful course down there, at the least. and uh, And that'll be this year's season for the LPGA and uh one other note related is that uh they announced just recently back in Boston uh that there'll be a new LPGA event starting a Labor Day weekend at TPC Norton that's in Norton Massachusetts and uh that's the exact same site that you all remember, the famous uh, Deutsche Bank that went on for a number of years, the men's four-stop in Boston every year, uh, fairly iconic in its own right, and now it's uh, stopped a couple of years ago, but now the LPGA has uh, moved in and are taken over that weekend and that exact same golf course, which is a great golf course to say the least and uh I covered the Deutsche Bank for more than a decade uh with a Labor Day tradition and uh now it's going to be uh staged uh for an LPGA event so given I uh, covered the last two tournaments at Pelican here in Florida I uh I look forward to knowing when I'm back in Massachusetts that uh have an LPGA event to look forward to Labor Day weekend and rekindle the tradition, which was missed by so many up in Boston. I mean, it was always a very special weekend of, you know, golf mixing with, you know, whether it's Patriots preseason, Red Sox, end of season, uh, Penn and chase, uh, just always an electric type of weekend in Boston. Um, uh, Labor Day weekend. So, uh, the end of summer, up in Boston. So really cool. And, uh, really something to look forward to, uh, next year up in Boston. So again, hats off to the LPGA. They put on just a spectacular event. It's it's in every way, shape and form, just identical to any of the PGA tour events or live, uh, just, you know, first class all the way. And, uh, Very, very professional, and everybody associated with the event is really uh, just terrific um, to deal with. And they treat the media uh, as well as you can possibly be treated at any sports event. So couldn't have been more impressed with how everything went and what a great time it was. The crowds, the weather, uh, just really first class put it mildly. So why don't we take our first break and still a lot more to get to with the spectacular NFL Sunday. We all witnessed yesterday, last minute wins walk-offs, so to speak, walk-off field goals and whatnot. And, uh, and so it was just terrific college football again, really getting down to the good stuff here. So, uh, Stick around. I'm going to have to get to all of that, and we'll do so after the break. So don't go anywhere.
0: Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. time here on voiceamerica.com as humans we suffer when we believe we are not good enough we are taught we must be better look better try harder and achieve more we cope with the stress and disappointment of life in ways that make us feel worse and keep us stuck in a cycle of unworthiness we don't have to live this way you don't have to live this way Kirsten and her guests will share how self-acceptance and unconditional self-love can help you break this cycle and find freedom. Listen to Giraffe Tango
1: Octopus, Freedom for Humans, with Kirsten Johansson, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And I spent the first segment talking about the fabulous LPGA event, the Annika driven by Gainbridge at Pelican Golf Club in Bel Air, Florida, where Lilia Vu Won her fourth tournament of the year, which includes two majors, in a terrific event in beautiful weather all week, let alone yesterday for the final round. And uh, yeah, it was just a terrific uh, terrific LPGA event, Uh, and it was a pleasure to both cover it as well as talk about it in the first segment. But I spent the whole segment talking about it, so we didn't get to some of the other stuff that I often do in the first segment, but certainly the LPGA event was well worth spending an entire lead into the show on. That leads right into my NFL coverage of the weekend. It was just a spectacular weekend. Uh, five teams Arizona, Cleveland, Detroit, Houston, and Seattle converted. Game-winning field goal with no time remaining in Week 10 yesterday. The most game-winning scores with no time remaining in regulation in a single week in NFL history. Now, that's saying something. And, of course, uh, I am a red zone lover, and it certainly set up uh, what was maybe maybe the best all-time red zone day Ever. It was an extravaganza of last minute uh, game winning field goals, walk offs, if you will. And uh, I don't ever remember seeing anything quite like it. Uh, but unfortunately, before all that happened, I have to jump right into my low light of the week and we'll come back to these last minute endings. But my low light of the week, because this is how the day started, so this is how I'm going to start this segment, was. The New England Patriots, a team of which I have been a season ticket member for decades. Uh, The glory years, shall we say, one of the greatest dynasties in the history of sports. I had a ringside seat for Tom Brady and six Super Bowls, uh, but the Patriots losing to the Colts in Germany yesterday morning, Uh, and by the way, great to have NFL football from Europe. Uh, to start off the day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. But unfortunately for the Patriots, they reached yet another new low in this season of simply unthinkable lows for a team that, again, has won six Super Bowls in the past uh, 20-plus years. For all of you watching, I'm sure you saw it. If you didn't see it live, you certainly saw the highlights. Mac Jones under through a wide-open receiver, Mike Gasecki former Penn State tight end. Uh, Mike Gisecki in who was in the end zone and uh, what would have been the potential game-winning touchdown. Of course, the Colts intercepted it. It was badly underthrown by, like, five, six yards minimum, and there were three or so Colts down there, any one of which could have easily intercepted it. Um, and shockingly, after that, it's got the bell back, obviously, on the interception. Patriots held him to their credit. And so the Patriots still were going to get the ball back with about 10, two minutes to go. And then, uh, but the terrible interception thrown by Mac Jones led Belichick to yank him, shockingly, and put in Bailey Zappi, backup quarterback, for the final two minutes. Bailey Zappi hadn't played in a number of weeks. Uh, And Patriots, again, surprisingly, went to a a gadget play of sorts where Bailey Zappi took the snap and uh, faked a spike and then dropped back and threw deep. And again, a lot of coverage by the Colts turned into an interception. And that was that. And it was just, uh, again, a uh, bit of a stunning ending. Uh, the game did not pe- feature uh, a whole lot, of, uh, uh, whole lot of offense. I think there was only one touchdown scored in the game. And uh, so Patriots Nation has to just be, at this point, practically beside themselves. The Patriots record is now, it's hard to even say it almost, two and eight. (laughs) Uh, fortunately for me, I was there at the Buffalo game. And I want to be fair here to Mac Jones when he did lead the team down the field on a winning drive. Uh, and Mike Gusecki caught that winning touchdown with seconds to go, uh, right in front of me. My seats were right in that end zone where Gusecki caught it. And as we all know, now he did the gritty and, uh, So it was just a spectacular game uh, that I had the pleasure of attending. And it was like the good old days. Stadium was electric all day long. It was a great game against the Bills. Uh, Massive upset. Uh, And, of course, I and uh, all the other members of Patriots Nation were, uh, you know, thinking, okay, here we go. This this is – You know, they had lost a couple games prior to that, obviously, and were not looking good, as I said, season of low lights. Uh, And everybody just thought, okay, now they're going to turn the corner and at least become competitive and start winning some games. And as we now know, that didn't happen. And yesterday was, again, just uh, really what I I would call just a new low for the way this season has gone. Nothing has gone right. They have key injuries. The great rookie Christian Gonzalez Uh, the best player on the team, in my estimation, Matt Judon. Uh, On and on and on, we go with the injuries. And uh, that never an excuse by any means. Um, So we will just have to see what happens. But boy, oh boy, it was uh, just an incredible, incredible uh, ending to that game. Uh, One of the cool things, though, I will say pregame was... Uh, NFL Network, who televised the game, showed uh, Patriots Europe, for lack of a better word, big with a with, uh, massive amount of Patriots fans walking to the stadium, which is traditional for European fans going to soccer games over there. Uh, they will uh, walk to the stadium in a massive, uh, massive march and when i saw the uh patriots march in uh towards the stadium it was really really cool in frankfurt uh city that i've been in on a couple of occasions uh it was really cool uh we've heard I, I know that patriots have had you know european presence fan clubs and whatnot uh over in germany specifically in europe overall for a long time really long time uh, given, as I keep saying, uh, the dynasty. Uh, so the inter- international interest was uh, maybe bigger for for them than any other team. And, of course, the game featured all of the usual. All 32 teams are represented by European fans wearing NFL jerseys. And uh, it's one of the really cool things. We see it in Wembley in London, stadium that I've been to as well. Um And, you know, it's just what kind of sets these games apart uh, from games here on U.S. soil. It's, uh, you know, the way everybody just simply wears the jerseys um, of every single team. Um, It's not orchestrated. It's just that's what NFL fans in Europe like to do. And uh so I, I think it's really great. Um, so going back to the electric endings, uh, Arizona beat the Falcons. Uh, these are all the last-minute field goals. Uh, again, uh, the most game-winning scores with no time remaining in regulation in a single week in NFL history. Keywords in regulation, so not overtimes. Cleveland made an unbelievable comeback to beat the hot, sizzling hot Baltimore Ravens. Uh, You know, tuning into that game, it just felt throughout that, uh, you know, that the Ravens were going to win. They've been playing well lately and uh, really hot, as I said. Um, And Cleveland, to their credit, made a massive comeback. Detroit, they keep showing if there are any doubters left, they're for real. Went on, again, obviously a last-second field goal, beating the L.A. Chargers. Um, And that game was notable because they kept going for and converting fourth downs. So Dan Campbell, their coach, quite a personality. Uh, He has no fear, and I think everybody's loving it. I I can't imagine any NFL fan uh, this side of the NFC North, maybe the other teams in the division, um, Green Bay, the Vikings, and the Bears, of course, uh, not loving what the Detroit Lions are doing. Um, they've been a star cross franchise, have never been to a Super Bowl, and here they are, just, uh, really one of the must-see teams of this year's NFL season. And now we get to the Houston Texans, CJ Stroud, uh, He's just setting rookie records. He's at the top of many NFL passing categories, not rookies, just everybody. Um, And again, it just felt like the Bengals were going to be in control of that game. And they, like the Ravens, have just been hot, playing very, very well. Joe Burrow's back to being Joe Burrow. And uh, C.J. Stroud uh, just wouldn't give up. You know, they had the lead for a while and... Uh, then the Bengals came back, and you just thought, okay, well, the Bengals are going to, uh, you know, just win this game. They're the Bengals, uh, one of the elite teams. And then CJ Stroud led him back for the winning score. And this being one week uh, after he had done this against the Tampa Bay Bucks down in Houston. To Just a week ago, little last minute drive with a fabulous pass at the end, game winning touchdown. Um, So he is for real. He's what he's doing is practically otherworldly for a rookie. It really is. Um, So that was just awesome to see. And then the other uh, walk off was Seattle beating the Washington Commanders. Geno Smith continues to have another good year after being last year's, I believe, comeback player of the year, quarterback for Seattle. And, uh, and they come down, and uh, they won their game at the end. So really just quite, quite a day for the NFL uh, from morning till night. And uh, just great games, to say the least. And as I said, an all-time red zone day. So now why don't we take uh, take our break still have a lot more to get to on the other side uh, including some more NFL thoughts which we'll do on the other side so don't go anywhere Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker if you have Alexa or Google Home go ahead and give us a try hey Alexa play finding your frequency podcast on TuneIn.
0: today our 40s sit firmly in midlife we are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead but now is the best time to plan for our future life listen for 45 forward with host ron roel from retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents no topic is off the table We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. We've got buck fever and more hunting's the cure. Saddle up for big buck action this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. We'll have effective deer hunting tactics that'll put venison in your freezer and racks on your wall. Joining the boys is Brian Spicer of No Limits
1: Hunting, Brandon Adams from My World Outdoors, and Mrs. Bunny. The Revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show.
1: Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... Call-in number is one 472 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And I spent the first weekend, first segment covering, uh, over what was a fascinating weekend, covering the LPGA event down here in Florida. Uh, and last segment, I s- talked about the NFL, the Patriots, and all the... And the most game-winning scores with no time remaining in regulation in a single week in NFL history, as I said, a red zone extravaganza of the highest level. Um, But uh, one game I didn't get to, and I certainly want to get to it now, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I talked about the game-winning field goals, most ever, on a single day in NFL history, but the Steelers, as they seem to do most every weekend, went down, went down to the final play two. They hosted the Packers and great game. Packers made a nice comeback to make it competitive after the Steelers pretty much had the lead throughout the game. And it ended with yet another game winning pick, um, interception. And it just feels like, you know, the defense just wins games at the end. There is no other way. It's typically, you know, T.J. Watt is somewhere in the middle of it. Um, But uh, it was just, uh, you know, it seems like these games tend to end with the Steelers uh, with defense making game-winning plays when the other team has a chance to tie or go ahead. Um, And here's the crazy part. Steelers are now 6-3, and three, uh, but they're being outgained in yards in all nine of their games. I do believe that's a first in NFL history. It's never happened. Uh, speaking of NFL history, as we have been throughout the show. And it is just uh, a testament, clearly, to Coach Mike Tomlin's coaching. It's just... Uh, he has a team of believers, uh, and with a whole lot of doubters out there just saying they can't keep this up, they continue to keep this up. Um, again, they're 6-3, and three, and they've been outgained in yards in every single game. It is uh, almost hard to fathom. Kenny Pickett is, you know, their number one pick from a couple years ago is... Uh, up and down i would say um yeah you know, he's doing just enough to win um, typical of a second year quarterback he got in last year uh, you know as a rookie and kind of took over around midseason if i remember correctly for mitch trubisky and uh you know he's really learning on the job and uh, in many ways he's doing better than many other quarterbacks that we know have had to learn on the job and uh didn't have very good records um Peyton Manning and the like so we're talking some people who really grew into it Uh, I think people in Pittsburgh uh would love to see that happen obviously with Kenny Pickett and uh you know the offense the play calling and whatnot has been uh under scrutiny for sure but uh and some frustration along the way but yet they have yet again their calling card defense uh, playing well. But more importantly, I'll speak for myself. I'm at a point where, you know, if the game is close at the end, especially if the Steelers uh, are on defense, I expect they're going to stop the other team and win the game. And typically, yeah, yeah, and more than likely, make a game winning play, whether it's a, a sack a strip sack, a fumble recovery, an interception, whatever it may be, um, this team just rises to that occasion uh, and makes the play that needs to be made. So, again, Coach Mike Tomlin, uh, who's never had a losing season, by the way, um, just has this team you know clearly believing in themselves. They, they just hang in there. Uh, they don't get down. They just keep playing no matter what. Uh, you know, no matter what the score. And let's not forget, the Steelers got off to a really bad start by getting just trounced by the 49ers in the opening game down in Pittsburgh. And it was looking quickly like a long season. And they've really, really turned it around. The fact that they're 6-3 and three is uh, almost hard to fathom. Yeah. Um, and down here in the Tampa Bay area by the way the bucks bounced back after a few straight losses i think maybe four in a row uh by winning yesterday and you know you know nice combination of uh offense and defense you know just teaming up both made just enough plays um you know, to pull it off and beating the Titans and Mike Evans had you know is looking great. He had a great touchdown where he caught the ball at around the five and just basically plowed over and through with them hanging on his back like four or five Titans. Um and defense made some plays um, so the Bucks were the beneficiaries of number one, the Falcons being one of those teams that lost, uh, to the Cardinals, uh, in, on the last second field goal. And then the, uh, we also had the Vikings losing, uh, or excuse me, the Vikings beating the Saints, the Saints and the. Falcons are in the Bucks division considered by many to be the, uh, worst division in football. And, uh, so with the Bucks winning yesterday and the Falcons and the Saints losing suddenly, uh, you know, the Bucks are kind of back in back in the hunt, uh, you know, for the division, uh, Keep in mind, just like last year when Tom Brady was the quarterback, you know, they didn't have a good year record-wise, but they were in that weak division and they were able to get into the playoffs. Didn't go well there when they lost to the Cowboys, but uh, the whole point is whoever wins the division is going to the playoffs and they're going to host a home game, a playoff game. So there's still a lot to play for in Tampa, and it was just nice to see them get back on the right track after, uh, you, you know, they had a fast start. Baker Makefield was looking good, the quarterback. And uh, then they went into a bit of a lull. But, you know, we're back home at Raymond James Stadium, Ray J, as they call it down here, and they look good. They put it together. Um, Also, here in the state of Florida, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars hosted the 49ers. 49ers had lost a few in a row, which is just almost unheard of, given how good they are. Uh, but they were coming off the bye week. I think they had lost three in a row prior to that. Again, just kind of shocking. And the Jaguars had won five in a row, uh, which they got rolling when they played two games in a row over in London. Uh, and the uh, 49ers just came in and just dominated, uh, to say the least. Um, and really showed, you know, they are a quality team, uh, to say the least. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, you know, a bit of a surprise. I mean, the 49ers won 34-3. to three. Um, Again, again, 49ers coming off three in a row in a bye week. Go in and beat the Jaguars by that score, who had won five in a row. So, uh, fascinating game to watch. And for the college football weekend, uh, that leads to you know my bizarre story of the week, which of course was Michigan running over Penn State. Uh, Michigan had suspended coach Jim Harbaugh, not on the sidelines after being suspended, but instead he was uh, holed up uh, down the street somewhere in State College. I think maybe the game hotel is what the the team hotel. Uh, Michigan ended the game with like thirty or so straight runs. That's just unbelievable in 2023 for any team, pretty much at any level to do that, let alone Michigan against one of the best run, uh, run defenses in all of college football, if not the best. Um, so they were just a better team. Ohio state was a better team. I grew up near Penn state, so a lifelong fan and, uh, it's tough to accept pretty much what seems year in and year out that they can't get past that the Nittany Lions cannot get past Michigan and Ohio State. I was at the 2019 Whiteout at Beaver Stadium when they did get past Michigan in that great night game, but uh, last couple of years, not so. And uh, at and all credit to Michigan coming in without their coach on the field and. Getting that win and, you know, like against Ohio State a couple weeks ago, it was, you know, uh, obvious that who was the better team. And uh, you just have to give it to Michigan and Ohio State as simply being better uh, than Penn State uh, in recent years and certainly this year, Um, which I know is very frustrating to Nittany Lion Nation, to put it mildly. Um. So, Georgia—they look just awesome. I frankly was shocked. I've been meaning to mention this when the committee put Ohio State above them. And I say that it's not about Ohio State. Georgia is the defending two-time national championship with a long winning streak. I don't know, and I know it's a different season. I don't I'm not saying the past necessarily carries over, but I think it should. Uh, two-time defending national championship with a long, long winning streak uh, until they get beat. In my mind, they own the number one spot. And boy, they sure look like the number one team in the nation. That's for darn sure. Uh, you know, with what they did to a good old Miss team, uh, they just trounced them down in Athens. So, uh, fascinating, uh, to say the least so why don't we take our break now our final break of the show and when we return uh i'm going to spend some time talking about bob knight having met him and interviewed him he of course passed away uh, a week or so ago uh more like two weeks ago and uh i want to give uh my thoughts on bob knight and my interaction with him which was among the highlights of my career we'll do that on the other side so don't go anywhere a little birdie told me voice
0: america is on x follow us at voice america trn
1: millions of people do not have children around the world becoming a parent may be an unrealized dream And increasingly, a deliberate choice. Yet, our experiences remain largely unacknowledged across cultures, families, and friendships. Unconscious bias in public and workplace policy, media narratives, and educational content often renders us invisible. New Legacy Radio reveals these missing stories through the perspectives of our community and allies. As we work to achieve meaningful change that recognizes our true and diverse experiences. New Legacy Radio. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time
0: on the Voice America Variety Channel. All who live face a time of passing. Is death the end, or will souls enter an afterlife? Have you ever wondered about historical figures and what they would say if they were alive today? Psychics and authors Barry and Connie Strom will use their gift of spirit communication to answer questions and channel spirits concerning the hereafter. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Barry and Connie Strom at 9 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in
1: the brain firing really fast
0: all the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. We're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show.
1: course, America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby, and my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight's Broncos-Bills game in Buffalo, as we all wait to see if the Bills can finally start to look like themselves. The team of uh, is in the playoffs in uh past few years and just haven't looked like themselves. I was at the Patriots upset of the Bills at Gillette Stadium a couple of weeks ago, and Uh, so tonight is a potential get right game for the, for the bills. We would think and anxious to see how that all turns out. Well, as I mentioned at the end of the previous segment, uh, legendary coach, Bob Knight died and he was one of the greatest coaches at any level in the history of basketball. And a number of years ago, he was in Boston to present John Havlicek, legendary Celtic, and they were teammates on the Ohio State teams back in the '60s. Um, Bob Knight was his presenter for the New England Sports Hall of Fame, and when it was over, the event that night, I was there in person at the Garden. I approached Bob Knight. Don't know if I've ever been as nervous in my life approaching anybody. <laughs> Uh, as I was that evening, approaching Bob Knight, and I waited for the right moment, went up, introduced myself. I was writing for Armchair General Magazine, and Bob Knight is a noted military military history buff, and said, I wrote for Armchair General Magazine, and I would love to interview him, and he looked me up and down. I'll never forget it as long as I live, and... Uh, uh, I was waiting to see what his response would be. And after looking me up and down, he just, said, uh, asked a little bit about the magazine, which I was happy to talk to him about. And, uh, and then he gave me the name of the person to contact at this point in time. He was out at Texas tech as the coach after his legendary Indiana career. And I did, and it all worked out. And he, uh, it took a while to put the interview together and ultimately we did uh and he ended up calling me from his car driving from Texas to somewhere up in the Montana South Dakota area to go hunting and fishing we all know he was a legendary outdoorsman as well legendary lot of things and uh We talked for over an hour because he was in the car and he had plenty of time. He was on a massive, whatever, 12, 15 hour drive. And he was just one of the best interviews I've ever had, ever. I always remember that when we first agreed to do the interview, when he agreed to do it with me, he said uh, the only thing he would ask for was a lifetime subscription to our magazine. He was very interested in it. Once I sent him a copy which, of course, uh, we were happy to grant to him. Um, and But we talked about a wide-ranging number of things, starting, of course, since it was a military history magazine with his uh, love of military history. Uh, he's been to Europe, as have I, visiting the Battle of the Bulge, that type of thing. His nickname, of course, was The General, uh, apparently given to him by uh, another legend, Dick, Dick Vitale, Dickie V., Um, let's not forget that Bob Knight was the coach of Army at, get this, age 24, age 24. (laughs) Um, and, uh, following his Ohio State excellent playing career. And, uh, I think it's the youngest coach in the history of college basketball, the youngest age of a coach in the history of college basketball. And he happened to have a point guard, uh, named Mike Krzyzewski at the time, uh, who attended West Point. And there also happened to be at the exact same time. We're talking late sixties here and, uh, volatile America where Bill Parcells, uh, was a linebacker coach for the army football team. So the three of them, their lives were intertwined. So at the end of the interview I had with Bob Knight that day, when he was driving up to the Northwest uh, of, uh, America, he said, you know, he enjoyed it. And what I like to do, uh, to interview some of his friends. And I, of course said, absolutely. And he proceeded to give me the, uh, not right then and there, but through his, uh, PR people down at Texas tech, give me the name, the numbers of both coach K and bill Parcells. And when I called each of them after the Bob Knight interview, They both said, oh, Bob said you'd be calling. Uh, What do you need? Uh, They both responded the exact same way. When do you want to interview me? I'll I'll make myself available for you, Uh, because Bob said we should. (laughs) And I did end up interviewing both of them, both for Armchair General Magazine. It was, among all three of them, three of the highlights of my career. They were both fantastic um, and I've actually been in touch once or twice uh, with Bill, Par- Bill Parcells since concerning some army players uh, one who died, who was the captain of the team when Parcells was there back in the night and Krzyzewski days and Bill Parcells great gracious, I of course knew him well from covering the Patriots and uh, when he was a coach of the Patriots and Coach K, again, was just a a tremendous gentleman, and I just can't emphasize enough. So my whole point is that, you know, uh, Bob Knight was uh, like the godfather, if you will. Uh, He even said he would set me up to interview exclusively Bill Belichick. (laughs) I was covering the Patriots, so I didn't necessarily need to take him up on that one. But bottom line, when Bob Knight spoke, people listened big people, legendary people. And they had all loved him and had a devotion to him. We all know about his controversial career. Uh, For a time, he was the winningest coach of all time record, ultimately broken of course by coach K. Uh, But it was, again, uh, I had always, I just followed his career so closely at the university of Indiana. And, uh, at i u maybe it's Indiana University, and it was just uh again one of the great thrills of my career i was i had heard he had been sick um but it was uh very very sad shocking if you will when the news finally came and again uh just had to wanted to tell you all that story because uh he he was uh one of a kind and uh Certainly, certainly treated me well, which I've always and will always appreciate. So, I want to uh, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And as always, we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. And once again, thank you all for listening. <laughs>